0: Hello and welcome to the audio time capsule episode three for those of you new to the show this is the podcast where I bring on a guest and ask them to leave themselves 20 questions for their future self to answer. In this episode, we'll be listening to the questions from Lauren Patterson, a comedian who has had an outstandingly exciting year that blew up just before the second part of the recording of this podcast. I really found it interesting and inspiring, and it told the backstory of what was another sleeper hit from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival 2017. It also told about how she changed her personal life and how that had an impact on the show, and so much more. I think you're really going to love this episode. All past voices will sound like this. All present voices will sound like this. To give you an example of how the show is structured, here's a quick sample question that I recorded before Lauren arrived to record hers a year ago. Hey Simon, uh, you had an idea this morning about a serial killer based horror web series. Have you done anything with it? I'm guessing you haven't because you have a lot of ideas that you never really see through, that you just write down and live on Google Notes forever. So have you, have we, have we done anything with that idea? Yes, past me in your face. Uh, I well, <laughs> to be fair to past me, I only started looking into it about a week ago, and but uh, but I didn't but I didn't remember that I recorded that question. So I did it on my own volition because I wanted to, not because I had my past self kicking me up the arse, which is partly what the project's about, but not the point. The idea. I don't know how much you want to say. The idea. Is I was thinking about making some short videos about what serial killers do on their days off. So like in between the murders. Uh, It came out of, uh, I I, I quite like, loves the wrong word, I quite like reading about serial killers. I find them really fascinating. And I wanted to do something with the knowledge I'm accumulating from that. I've been sent loads of links to podcasts and none of them are really to my taste. Like none of them do it in a way that I enjoy. Or I, or I find it not particularly funny. Or I find it quite hard to to listen to. Or or just I feel like it's not being done. It's, not, it's just not what I like. So I, I wanted to do something with that. And I was trying to come up with an idea. And it hit me about a year ago. What, what if you did... Because I want to do something serious with serial killers at some point. But what if I did something silly to start off with about their days off. And, you know, like having to order a Rope on Amazon Prime to get it quickly enough so you can get the next murder done and you know just little sketches about how they did it and how they would do it if they were alive today I have done that Uh, it's actually quite quite a personal question because I'm not very good at collaborating with people I I quite like doing a lot of stuff on my own and I contacted a friend uh, who will remain nameless for now because I don't know if they'll stay the same person that I'm working on it with but I contacted them recently to write it with me because I like what they how they write and how they think so yeah go me go trying to collaborate and trying to be an adult and actually get over my trust issues yay thanks for that simon bastard i am not going to say much more about lauren but i will say that if you're new here please do hit the subscribe button If you're old here, I say old, three episodes in, but we've got eight reviews so far and I really would love to get them up because it's great social proof that the podcast, which let's face it, is a weird concept to take people through and it always takes me a minute to explain it to someone who hasn't heard about it to try and get them to give it a go so reviews help so if you could keep telling people in real life that would really help as well the downloads are picking up I'm really proud of that but also don't forget to join the Facebook group and leave me a review because again social proof really important with podcasts because there's billions of them out there but there aren't any like this one, which I'm quite proud about. So, if you want to join the Facebook group, it's called The Audio Time Capsule, and it's on Facebook, obviously. But for now, let's open the Audio Time Capsule of Lauren Patterson.
2: Hi, my name is Lauren Patterson. Today's date is the 8th of October, 2016. I am currently sat... In the basement, like the cellar of Angel 2.0, which is in London. Uh, I'm feeling very, very excited about this project. I think it's gonna be something that's hopefully very nice and maybe insightful to look back on in a year's time.
1: Hello, I am Lauren Patterson. I am currently in an office type thing um in London on the 14th of September 2017 and I'm really excited for this because I genuinely can't remember anything I asked a year ago. So this is going to be very interesting.
2: (laughs) So, Lauren of the future, did you pass your master's degree?
1: I did pass my master's degree. I got a... it, it's like a first class, but obviously in master's terms, they don't mark it like that. So you have like past merit distinction. But I got a distinction, which is like the equivalent of a first class degree. So that was great. I worked very hard for it. Um, and I kind of didn't give a shit by the end of it. I wanted to get a good mark, but I had so much stress with it. that I was like, just get this in, get this over with. But yeah, it all paid off, which was an absolute relief.
2: Did you learn to like London? and did you stick it out or have you packed up and gone back north
1: i've stuck it out i'm still here um i moved house so yeah i lived in seven sisters when i got interviewed a year ago when i interviewed myself a year ago um but i moved to a nicer house so that made us a bit happier i moved in with comics um so yeah on and i'm still here i wouldn't necessarily say i've learnt to like london but i've learned to tolerate it like a like a racist auntie at a wedding, like I can put up with it. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm considerably happier than I was a year ago. Like, uh, I think the reason I asked that question is I didn't think I would stick it out, but I have. So that's good. I mean, I'm very poor, but definitely
2: happier. (laughs) Was moving to London the right thing to do?
1: As much as it pains me to say it, moving to London was very much the right thing to do. It has been the toughest year of my life without being too dramatic. It really has been very, very hard and there's been so many times when I just wanted to give up comedy completely, not even just give up and go home. But you've got to stick with it. Like, if things were easy, they wouldn't be worth it in my opinion. Like, I think you've got to work for it. You really do and I'm prepared to work for it. Um So I think it was very much the right thing to do. I've had some amazing opportunities that I maybe wouldn't have had if I was based up north. Um, I've got to do a lot more clubs that I wouldn't... I think I've become a better comic because I've been gigging more. Um, like, this is the kind of city where there's so much comedy that you could gig every night of the week if you wanted to, and there's there's weeks where I do that, where I gig every single night. This week, I've got to gig every night, um, and I do think it made us a better comic, a stronger comic, definitely. And it allowed us to realise that this is definitely what I wanted. Because even when I was miserable and depressed and lonely, like that's been the hardest part, the loneliness. I still don't really have many friends, if any. Um, And the loneliness has been the thing I found the hardest. But even when I was feeling like that and feeling so low, I knew this was still what I wanted to do. So it very much opened my eyes and showed us, look, you're feeling crap, Lauren. You're miserable, you're lonely, you're homesick, you're sad but you're still not giving up, so you obviously want this, this is obviously worth it, and it definitely made us realise that this is what I wanted to do, because if I didn't want this, as much as I do, I would have given up and I would have gone home, but the fact I stuck it out despite everything proves it's very much what I want to do.
2: <laughs> have you stopped crying under your duvet on a daily basis, or are you still an emotional wreck?
1: I have, um, yeah, I've stopped crying, uh, I think it was just when I came here, it was far too overwhelming, Um, I didn't know where I was, I didn't like who I was living with, sorry if they're listening, you are arseholes, um, <laughs> I didn't like my day job, it was taking up so much of my time and I was finding it really hard to juggle comedy and doing a job, so like affording to live but also coming here to do what I did, I was just so stressed on a daily basis, it was a real real struggle but things have a weird way of working out and I, I don't cry, I still cry because I'm a woman like what was the last thing I cried at someone twisted my nipple yesterday and that really hurt I cried at that but I don't sad cry under my duvet which is a nice feeling I don't think I've done that since about June that's good and what's that four months clean (laughs) of duvet
2: crying did you ever have a go of making those viennese whirls you saw on bake off oh
1: I didn't No, and now we're on a new series of Bake Off now. I can remember one of the questions I asked. I predicted the presenters, didn't I? Uh, That's coming up. (laughs) Um, No, I didn't. Ah, I'm going to have a new obsession with Bake Off this series. I'm going to put it out there and say I want Stephen to win. There we go.
2: (laughs) Have you gone full-time with comedy yet?
1: I have. I did. I was working in a restaurant in Hammersmith, and it's a lovely company, but it was far too much stress working the hours i was working commuting an hour each way and trying to fit comedy in i kind of just had enough one day and i felt like you know when you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you're like i can either stay here teetering or i can jump and see what happens and i jumped and i went full time in about april time yeah towards the end of april and i can definitely afford to live this way for the next 12 months So that's an exciting, I'm kind of taking it on a year by year basis so I kind of thought right if I need to go back to having a job after Edinburgh so be it, I'll do that for a little bit Um, but I'm in a position at the minute where I definitely don't need a day job for at least another 12 months which is exciting and a relief and a very nice feeling.
2: Did your Edinburgh debut hour turn out how you wanted it? I think it's safe to say it turned out better than how
1: I wanted it so I had a sellout run I sold out the entire run halfway through the festival I added three extra dates which all sold out um, I was nominated for best newcomer and um, I was nominated for Amuse Moose best show I won a Herald Angel award for it um, it was Graham Norton came to see it like that was amazing uh, five star and four star reviews across the board apart from one three star one from fest but they can fuck themselves <laughs> don't i swear sorry <laughs> we can bleep that out but um yeah and even the three star review I got was a nice one but I got like five five stars ten four stars so it was like critically acclaimed which is incredible but the audience reaction was if anything the most important and audiences loved it um it was overwhelming the response it got and I couldn't of being happier with how it went. Um, it's getting a Soho theatre run, so I'm getting to transfer it to the West End, which is, it's like everything I could have hoped for but never expected to happen. Like, I, I was hoping I'd have a good show, um, but I kind of didn't know if people would go for it because the idea slightly differed from the idea I had last September, but the essence of it was still the same. Uh, I wanted to do it about, like, Learn to love yourself and I wanted to involve my ex boyfriends but what I actually did was boil it right down to one who ghosted is, and focused the whole thing on him but I was like oh it was very personal and I don't normally do personal comedy and I was like oh I don't know if this will work I don't know if people will understand it or click with it but they really did click with it and I am incredibly happy that I made some I took a risk and it paid off definitely so all these comics who say that you can't have a show that's got emotion or got a sad bit you bloody well can and it can still be funny because mine was a solidly funny show with a real heart to it and I'm pleased I took that risk I can remember sitting and going oh I don't want to be that comic who's got a sad bit in a show blah 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 like uh, like, can it be comedy and emotional and it can don't listen to what other people say because a lot of the time they're either just jealous that they can't do that themselves or they don't know what the hell they're talking about comics are bitter <laughs>
2: Do you have an idea for your next show yet?
1: Why are you asking yourself that, Lauren? It's a week after the last Edinburgh. But in all honesty, I do. I've got a very rough idea. I thought that since my last show was about breaking up with someone, it would be really nice if this show could be about finding love or looking for love or just be maybe a little bit more so because I know a lot of people came away from this show being like we really want you to find love and we want you to be happy and like a lot of people were like rooting for us so I feel like it would be nice to do a sort of continuation of that because I feel like I'm going to have a lot of return audience next year um but in saying that it could completely change by the time I start writing it but that's the rough idea I've got now I'd love to do a bit more of an upbeat show about finding love
2: that would be nice Is The Stand still your favourite gig or has somewhere else taken the crown?
1: I still love The Stand with every fibre of my being. It's amazing. I did my final preview there before Edinburgh and had like 140 people in. It was incredible. I felt like a a superstar. It was amazing. But I must say, since coming to London, uh, I did Always Be Comedy in Kennington and that is something special. It was the first club I did in London that felt like a club in the north like that proper community comedy feel they've all come out for a good time like they're just such an incredible audience and I think I did that about November last year so two months after the original one was recorded and it was the first club in London that I felt really really part of and that I'd been really made to feel at home in and I'm doing it again next Monday so that's exciting yeah but I think the stand does still take the top spot. But if I had to pick a a favourite one in London, it's definitely always be.
2: <laughs> have you bothered your ass to start writing that sitcom yet?
1: I have, um, which is like, well, I haven't, I haven't. So I had an idea for a sitcom of my own. Uh, I technically haven't started writing that, but I did get commissioned to write a pilot. For a different thing like they approach me with an idea so I have actually written a pilot I'm just about to finish writing it actually I'm about to submit the second draft so while technically I haven't bothered my ass to write the one I intended it's because I was getting paid by someone else to write another one which I think is a pretty good damn excuse <laughs> but after this one's handed in yeah maybe I'll get back to get back to that one now I've got the experience of how to write one So I think I'm definitely going to be more inclined to get my arse in gear and write this
2: one. Is your hard work paying off?
1: I think it is. I really think it is. I worked so hard in... Well, since that first one was recorded, up until going to Edinburgh, I was miserable quite a lot of the time. I was really unhappy. um, And I could have just given up and gone home. I really could have. I could have thrown in the towel and I grafted and I grafted, even though I was unhappy and even... Because I just... I didn't want to give up, it's not in my nature to hold my hands up and give up. So I had an incredibly tough year, I'm very stressful, but Mumma didn't raise a quitter and I worked really, really bloody hard. I'm very happy with it and I think I'm prepared to continue working hard because I think things are about to get exciting, I hope. But I definitely think hard work pays off because I put everything into that Edinburgh show. It was put my life into it, put my heart into it, put my soul into it. Um, and put a lot of time and effort into it and it well and truly paid off definitely got something that I'm very proud of and that hopefully is going to be the start of my career which is exciting
2: are you still in love
1: not with the person that I was this time last year um which I think is potentially why I asked myself this question um to see whether that relationship worked. when I came to London I had a boyfriend who I'd been going out with for two years and I was very concerned that the long distance wouldn't work um and it didn't um we gave it a good go but it just my schedule was so busy so it's not like I could just pop back up to Newcastle to visit him like really it was up to him to come to London to visit me and he maybe wasn't really putting the effort in to do that so we were going incredibly long periods of time without seeing each other and it just wasn't it wasn't working so we sort of had a adult chat and decided that it was maybe best to break up and stay friends than keep trying to make an effort of it and probably end up hating each other um so that was tough that was hard but I think I'd kind of seen it coming for a while so I think I was probably more emotionally prepped for it whereas I think he had these rose tinted glasses on a bit and thought it would be fine um but yeah we're still friends he came to see me in Edinburgh but I didn't I didn't go looking for somebody else um I just wanted to go on a couple of dates and feel special really and not feel lonely because I was quite miserable last year so I thought it would be nice to maybe go on some dates meet some nice people I didn't necessarily want anything from it I think I just wanted some company really and I've met the most incredible person that I could have asked to meet and I'm not going to say I'm in love because I haven't said it to him yet and he hasn't said it to me but I am going to say that I have found someone who makes me very very happy very happy and he farted in front of us for the first time last night so if it's not love then I don't know what that is
2: (laughs) are you eating more vegetables because you said you are going to eat more vegetables
1: well I did have some carrots and some baby corn last night but that that was me forcing myself to eat more vegetables because as I was cooking dinner I was like I can't remember last time I ate vegetables but I am trying to eat more vegetables and just be generally healthier so I've signed up for a gym because it said it was opening in September so I was like oh good game plan come back from Edinburgh start eating healthy like going to the gym a bit like I don't want to be like "Mm, healthy body healthy mind but I thought that would be a good thing to do do some exercise keep healthy and I came back from Edinburgh and the bloody gym's not ready yet um so I was like oh well if the gym's not ready then there's no point in eating healthy because I might as well just wait till I I start exercising so I've been I had M&Ms for breakfast this morning that's not good but once this gym opens, (laughs) I'm gonna crack on with the vegetables, definitely. Have you gone for that run yet? Have I? Shit, (laughs) no, I have not gone for that run, but when this gym opens, I feel like all my promises are based on this gym opening, so if the gym and Waltham store could just never open, that would be wonderful, but yeah, I wanted to get into running and eating healthy because I thought it would sort of be good for us to be active and stuff like that and again I don't want to say I'm mm, a healthy body healthy mind but I know that keeping your body healthy is also like good for you but I'm definitely gonna interviews in a year's time <laughs>
2: and I will have been for that run <laughs> did you get that thing that you auditioned for this week or in the past of a week I can't even remember what that was so I'm
1: assuming I didn't <laughs> um I did a couple of maybe it was I did a couple of like run-throughs for panel shows um, which is a weird experience so I did one my first one and it went surprisingly well so I don't know if maybe that's the one I was thinking of yeah I don't know if that's the one I was thinking of but I did get sort of called back for a second one I remember being really excited because I was like oh my god this went really well and the second one oh, I struggled there was a lot of strong male presence in the room they're not bad they're incredible comics they're great great people but the male dominance in the room was phenomenal and I found it very hard to get my little voice through. So I kind of knew when I left that one that I hadn't got it, but they did give me a second chance this year. um, Yeah, they were bringing it back for another series. I got another chance, but again, just really struggled to get my voice heard, which was hard. Um, But I'm hoping, you know, that's just the kind of thing that takes practice. You have to be quite selfish in those situations where I'm used to very politely sitting and waiting for my turn. And jumping in and not talking over anybody. But what I've learned from those kind of auditions is that's not how to do it. You have to butt in and be dominant and get your voice in. So hopefully next time it comes around, I'll be able to gob off a bit <laughs> and get in. But I'm assuming that's what it is. Unless, oh no, I did get on Drunk History, but I didn't audition for that. I got a phone call and they wanted me just to do like a little acting part in it. So that was exciting. So I'm, but I'm guessing it, it must have been the, the panel show thing. I'm, in a way, I'm pleased I didn't get it because I don't think I would have been as ready for it as I am now. I think if that opportunity comes around again, I'll know how to do the run-throughs and I'd also be more confident on the show because I'm happier and more confident in myself now and in my material that that would come off better on television, I think.
2: This year you did two music festivals did you get to do any more festivals doing the comedy stage and if so which was the best
1: i got to do leeds fest again which was amazing um i had a really wonderful one i was really well received there which was nice like there was quite a small amount of people in the tent but they responded to us really really well and it was brilliant um and that was a couple of days after I'd been nominated for Best Newcomer so Tanya at Leeds Fest who sort of like curates it or creates the comedy and stuff had put well done congratulations banners up in my little dressing room so that was really nice and I also did Latitude again but last year when I was interviewed last time I did the cabaret stage like the cabaret tent which is a much much smaller stage a smaller tent I think when I did it last year I had about 40 people in because I clashed with Bill Bailey on the main stage but this year I got to do the main comedy stage which is uh, about 2,000, 3,000 capacity tent plus there's screens outside and place for everyone to sit outside and I did that I did half an hour on the main stage on the Friday in between Nish Kumar and Chris Ramsey which was amazing it was the best feeling. So I did I did the main stage for the year before that's like two years ago but that was part of a competition final your prize was to do five minutes on the main stage, you opened like the comedy stage, the total student finalists, but in just the space of two years to be back doing a full set on the main stage, I feel it's pretty good going, and again just proves that if you want something, if you work for it, you can get it, you can definitely get it, like I I felt really lucky to be there, but I feel like i do in my place, I really do. And it's it's amazing to just look at where you can be in two years. I went from doing a five-minute spot on the main stage off the back of being in a competition final to doing half an hour in the cabaret tent off my own merit to then doing half an hour on the main stage completely off my own merit and off how I'd performed and that's a really nice feeling.
2: <laughs> Have you had a bloody break yet? <laughs> see, see how I perceive it in a year. <laughs> Because when I when I wrote the question, I meant like a holiday, but then when I read it back, I thought like a break, like just getting a break. But we'll see how how twenty three year old Lauren <laughs> <laughs> accepts it.
1: Yeah, when I when I heard break, my first thing I thought was holiday, and I was like, no, <laughs> but I want one. Um, but in terms of other breaks, I think I have. So I deal. I haven't had a holiday, so I worked solidly right through until Edinburgh. Didn't have any time off, no holiday, no me time. Um. And I wasn't sure how Edinburgh would go, so I wanted to get straight back onto the circuit. So I made sure my September was booked because I thought if Edinburgh doesn't go so well, you're going to want to get straight back into working and earning money. Edinburgh went bloody amazing, so amazing that I definitely deserved a holiday. But Muggins here had fully booked our diary from the 4th of September. <laughs> so I had four days at home recovering from fringe flu where I was in bed for most of the time and then. only on the what the 14th now 14th september so since the 4th i have not stopped i've absolutely not stopped i've been gigging i've been having meetings and been working so it's been really really busy um but i've got a weekend off in october and i'm gonna do anything like i don't know where
0: hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
1: I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna point at a map and pick somewhere. Um, In the UK though, because I can't afford a holiday. um, Or I might, this is an interesting one, I might be going to India for two weeks. Sort of end of October, start of November, with the Soho Theatre, they might be taking me and another comic over to India. So that would kind of be a holiday, but it's also work and a lot of travelling. But it will be nice to experience a new country. But I definitely need a proper holiday. So I'm looking at maybe January. I want to go to Italy um, before I do my Soho run, have maybe like 10 days in Italy, that would be lovely. In terms of having a break, as like having a shot... I still technically haven't because I've not necessarily been on television or anything, but not that that's the be all and end all. But I think the success of my Edinburgh run has made people sit up and listen and turn a look at maybe someone who they've heard of in the past, but maybe I've constantly been maybe slightly pushed under the rug a bit or like, ah, yeah, well, we like Lauren, but there's X, Y, and Z, we would rank over her. I feel like I have maybe been overlooked quite a bit in the past, um, but I feel like this Edinburgh, I showed what I can do and it's fucking good. I can do comedy, I can do a show that's got narrative, that makes you feel things, that makes you cry, that makes you laugh. I c- like, And I think people sort of sat up and looked at that and were like, whoa, where's she been? And I was like, I've been here all the time, mate. Where have you been? Um, so since I came back, I have had like quite a few exciting meetings and stuff. And like on Monday coming, I'm doing a run-through for a new show. So I'm not on it, but I'm a run- doing the run-through. And then I'm on like standby in case anyone drops out which is exciting and because I just want to show people what I can do so even though I'm not going on the show I want those producers to sit and watch me in the run-through and be like damn we should have booked her for the show she's really good and then maybe if they do another series they can have us on that um but it's still quite early doors I've only been back from Edinburgh less than two weeks but I'm hoping and I'm quietly confident that this is going to be the year that maybe I start to get the breaks that I've worked for hopefully and that holiday
2: (laughs) Are you growing into the comedian that you want to be? I am.
1: I definitely am. Um, I said this in my Edinburgh show. I was like, I feel like I've really started to find my voice as a comedian. But I think I've only just started to find my voice as a comedian because I've started to find my feet as a person. And I think those two things are intrinsically linked. I don't know if that's the right word, but it sounds good. Um, I think it's the right word. Um, Yeah, so I started to become a bit more confident well I think it goes hand in hand. I started to become more confident with who I am as a person and started to work out who I was and I think maybe the breakup did help because suddenly I was like on my own fresh start completely my own person rather than maybe absorbing little bits of another um or being hung up on something that was 300 miles from us, which was maybe stopping us from living my best life down here um <laughs> and yeah once I started to sort of grow back into being me and being happy being me felt like that sort of transferred onto the stage as well and I started to be more sort of comfortable because there was a time when I was really unhappy in London and I could feel it on stage as well I was miserable on stage because I was miserable in my real life and the two things it's like when you're in a shitty mood and then you have to go to your day job you go to work in a bad mood don't you and it affects how you perform And I felt like that was starting to happen with comedy, which I think was really the point when I was like, right, Lauren, you need to put your ideas up, you need to sort yourself out, because if you're miserable every time in your real life, in your day-to-day, that's going to start having a knock-on effect with how you are on stage. And I did start to notice it um, over a very short space of time, so I really worked hard to just become happier and become a... Better person, not a better person, but like a stronger person, um, and just really work at it. And I felt like once I started to be more comfortable with who I was, that's when I started to get more comfortable on stage. And as well, like once you get more comfortable on stage, I think it has a knock-on effect so that. When my comedy's going well and my gigs are going well, of course I'm happier off stage and then that makes me a more confident person in my day-to-day. And then when I'm a more confident person in my day-to-day, I turn up to my gigs in a good mood, feeling confident, feeling good. Um, so I think they, those two had a really sort of hand-in-hand effect on each other. But taking that show to Edinburgh this year, which was, it was so different to what I normally do. I don't normally do personal comedy. I did normally build a wall up around it, but I did this really personal show. Um, and I think... Doing that really just did help us find my feet as it, or help us find my voice as a comic because I was like, oh, this is what I'm good at. I'm good at being real and being honest and audiences click with that. Like, I, th- I worried that my show would alienate men because it was about a breakup. Um, but every man's had his heart broken or well, most men have had their heart broken. So yes, I might be a young woman talking about heartbreak but I had grown-ass men getting emotional in the show or tweeting me after the show to be like, um, I've just had a breakup, I was so related to everything you were saying, blah, 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 and there's just something so nice about having that confidence in myself to be able to talk about it publicly and to put these feelings on stage and be like, like it is like bearing your soul and being like, okay, I'm very much going to put my neck on the line here, but this is how I'm feeling, blah, 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 and for people to click with that, and it was a nice feeling to be that comic, and I was like, yeah, this is who I wanted to be, I want to click with audiences, I want to be relatable, um yeah so I really do think that I've become the comic I want to be or I'm becoming the comic I want to be because I'm aware I'm still a baby I'm only 23 got plenty of time I'll be a different comic in 10 years but right now I am the comedian I wanted to be a year ago which is a very nice feeling
2: did you take your solo hour to the Pleasance and if you did how poor are you now because of it
1: (laughs) I did take it to the Pleasance um that's amazing I forgot I'd ask myself that so my sort of dream venue would have been the Pleasance I think it's such a hub of talent and particularly young talent and a lot of the great debuts I've seen in the past have been at the Pleasance so I thought if I wanted to do my debut hour anywhere it would have been the Pleasance but I was very concerned about money um but I, I took it to the attic as well which is a brilliant room and I've heard as a room where a lot of good comics have come from michael mcintyre apparently did the attic um darren harriet was in the attic and he got nominated as well this year who else was in the attic league of gentlemen debuted in the attic um so it's a great space um but i went up with live nation which was amazing i would never expected a company like that to want to work with little lauren from the west end of newcastle but um They really liked us and they produced us, which also meant that they covered the costs. So it meant I didn't have to pay anything up front. I paid for, like, my four O's. Um, Brennan Reese designed my posters. I paid him up front. Little things like that. Um, Also, as well, in my day job, I saved up every single penny of my tips to pay for my P.R., because I know a lot of comics are like, right, PR's not worth it. Um, and I wasn't sure whether it was worth it, but I was strongly recommended that at least for me debut to get it. And can kind I of just say for the record, I'm incredibly pleased I did get it. I do think PR is worth it. It is expensive, but I think it's worth it. And then a lot of people have the same argument. Rah, well, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. I appreciate that sentiment. It is expensive. And maybe there are some people who, because of various other sort of factors in their life, maybe family or other stuff maybe they can't afford it but i was like okay i can't afford it i'm gonna work hard so i can afford it um i've never been one to deny myself of something just because i come from no money and come from a working class background i think you find a way to do it you find a way to work for it um so i got away at some job and saved up every single penny of my tips from october through till when i left literally i used to take i used to keep it in a sock in my bedroom And every time I went home, I would take socks full of 10 pences, pound coins, 50 pences, and I would save it all up. And I managed to save, the goal was to save the whole amount, Um, but I left my job slightly earlier than I'd planned, but I saved up 1,500 quid um, just in tips, uh, which was amazing. So really, the good people of, I'm not going to name the restaurant, but that restaurant helped me do Edinburgh. And I'm someone from a position where I shouldn't have been able to afford PR, but I could have just sat there and had a working class chip on my shoulder and gone, no, ah, it's expensive, I can't afford it. All right, then, what are you going to do to make it happen? What are you going to do to be able to afford it? So I'm really pleased I did. Um, and then, like I say, Live Nation cover all the sort of venue costs and everything up front, and then what they then do is take those costs back out of your ticket sales. So I don't have my, obviously, um, remittance, or whatever it's called, through yet. Um, but I'm fairly confident I won't be in too sticky of a money situation one because I paid for the PR separately I saved that up um oh and as well yeah so I was like 700 quid short for the PR I won the 99 clubs bursary they started a bursary this year for female comics taking their debut hour to Edinburgh and the prize was 500 pound to help you towards the fringe and I saw a lot of comics on Facebook kind of turning their noses up and saying 500 pound it's hardly anything and I was like okay then don't apply for it like if that money if you don't think that money's enough or that money's going to help you but 500 pound is 500 pound at the end of the day that's half your accommodation or that's a flyer for the month or it's it's something so what i used it for it was because i won i don't know if i mentioned that i'm going to drop it in again (laughs) um i used that to cover the rest of my pr so technically all i've had to pay out of my own pocket for pr is 200 pound which is nothing really Uh, but yeah so money wise I think I shouldn't be two bags I paid for my PR separately and I sold out plus three extra shows so I'm hoping hoping beyond hope that'll mean I've broke even um, which I think I should have done so really while I've not or well, I don't like I say I don't know for definite because I've not had the remittance but you know I'm confident I won't have made a significant amount of money. Nobody makes a lot of money doing a paid venue, but I don't think I'll have lost money, and that's the most important thing. And I also think this Edinburgh show is going to be the springboard to more opportunities that'll hopefully pay me some money,
2: which is nice. <laughs> did you correctly guess the new horse of the Great British Bake Off? I did I not. I think my guess is I think they're going to get French and Saunders. So because I think they're going to have to aim high. Because otherwise, it's not worth it. It's just Paul Hollywood in a tent, <laughs> criticising bread. That is, <laughs> It's just been bread week as well. This is so
1: weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I was convinced it was going to be French and so on. Does. Uh, but I was wrong. It's Sandy Toxvig and Noel Fielding, which I thought was hideous at first. But it's surprisingly all right. It's, like, it's not that bad. Um, but it is still Paul Hollywood in a tent, criticising bread. That's pretty much. Some of those bread sculptures this week were amazing. Really good.
2: <laughs> You've worked this year with some of your favourite comics like Catherine Ryan, Joe Lysett, and Dane Baptiste. In the next year, did you get to work with any more cool people? And if so, who and what were they like?
1: Oh, I have. So I've got, uh, got to work with Matt Richardson. I can't remember where we worked together or if we just made friends. But he's incredible. He's such a nice guy and such a good comic. And I'm now going to support him on tour. Um, So I'm doing about half a dozen dates for him. uh, Katie Mulgrew, who's great, she's doing the rest. So that's really good. Um, I worked with Nina Conti last week, who was so... I couldn't believe it. So I'm sitting in the green room and she walked in. And I'm obviously sitting there freaking out, like, oh, my God, it's Nina Conti. And she came up to me and she shook my hand and she went, hi, Lauren, congratulations on a really successful Edinburgh. And I had to try so hard not to lose my shit one that she knew who I was and two that she just knew that I'd had a nice Edinburgh which in a way proves that comics do talk and people do talk but that was amazing she was really nice I also did a charity gig at the comedy store and the lineup was Adam Hills, Stephen K Amos, Hal Crutton and Dora O'Brien that was phenomenal like absolutely phenomenal Adam Hills um was really nice, really, really nice. He did like a really nice tweet about his afterwards and then in Edinburgh, so this was like in June, and then in Edinburgh, um, when my Chortle review came out, Adam shared the link to my total review and he was like, Oh, I met this really great comedian at the comedy store um and this review proves that she's great kind of thing. So he like shared my review, which I thought was really nice. And again it sort of like helps boost your followers up a little bit, which it's what it's all about these days, isn't it? Them followers. Uh, but he was, re- he was lovely, absolutely lovely. Hal was lovely. Dora was lovely. Stephen K. Amos was really nice. And then I went on his chat show in Edinburgh this year, at The Gilded Balloon. He's so nice. can't think if there's anyone else nice I've got to work with. Everyone I work with, most people I work with are nice. But in terms of, like, big names... Um, oh, so when Chris Ramsey was on after me at Latitude i've been a big fan of chris ramsey since i don't want to put that guy like i liked him before he was famous but i did um so i've been going to see ramsey for seven years live um i first went to see him in a place called the live theater in newcastle and i went because alan cochran was on and i wanted to see alan cochran and ramsey just happened to be on as well and it's like maybe a 200 seater very small theater and i watched chris ramsey and i put a Facebook status that night and I was like just seen an incredible comedian called Chris Ramsey he's going to be massive one day and I t- put that on Facebook in July 2010 and I think I was fairly accurate this year I went to see him he played the arena in Newcastle incredible like so it's just so nice to I've gone to support him since like before, he was signed and everything. I think he'd done Russell Howard's Good News, but you know he wasn't like at the huge levels he's at now. And now he's absolutely smashing it. He's on everything. He's great. And I was really, really chuffed that I was on before him at Latitude. I thought that was really amazing. Someone who I've watched and supported for so long, and I was getting to be on the same stage as him at the same festival. And then um, he wished his luck before I went on. And when I came off, he gave us a big hug and he was like, "I'm so proud of you. That was amazing. I'm really proud of you." And that just felt amazing to have somebody who I'm such a fan of to like be sort of like supporting us and congratulating us and it turned out later that when I'd been on stage I was told by another comic that he'd been like I remember her coming up to me after a gig and she said I really want to do stand-up I think I'm going to try and do stand-up he went I'm so proud of her I can't believe it so just proves I'm trying to think of all the people who've come up to me after gigs and gone oh I'm thinking of doing comedy and I'm probably like yeah of course you are never know maybe they are maybe they are but that was amazing. I think that was one of those like pinch me moments where I was like, oh God, I've been such a big fan of you since I was like 16, 15. And now I'm like on the same stage as you and you're telling me you're proud of me. And that was a really nice feeling. He's really nice.
2: So in the last year, what have you done that has made you the most proud?
1: Oh, Edinburgh. Hands down, Edinburgh. Um, yeah, really, really proud. I, for someone like... Mate, like, oh, again, I hate to do the working class thing, but you get a lot of people saying that The Pleasance is a middle class playground for comics who are, or sketch groups or whatever, who are funded by Mummy and Daddy or whatever, who are like Oxbridge. Not the case at all. This year you had me, Ed Knight, Darren Harriet, all in The Pleasance, all working class backgrounds, all got nominated. Um, like, I was really, really proud to be from a working class background, to have supported my comedy myself since I was 18 years old to have taken a show to the Pleasance, to such a prestigious venue, off my own back. Yeah, I went up with Live Nation, but Live Nation wouldn't have taken me if they didn't believe in us or trust us. I had to do enough off my own back and off my own merit to prove to them that I was worth taking up, which I did. I was their only um, female debut. They took me and they took Josh Pugh as well, so we were their two debuts. Um, And yeah, just to take up a show to the Pleasance from a background like mine, I was like, that's that in itself is to be proud of. I've gotten into this venue, that I'm being produced by Live Nation. Like, that's incredible. And then for the show to go the way it did. So I think my day off was the 14th of August, and I was having a couple of drinks on the 13th, and I checked the Fringe app and saw that my entire run had sold out. That's amazing. Like... I'm I've not been on telly um well I was I was in a blink and you miss it role on drunk history but I don't think that shifted any tickets <laughs> But yeah like I've not been on telly I've done tour support but you know on a small scale it's not like I was doing like arena tours kind of thing um so to sell it out just felt amazing because I was like yeah the PR helped probably um but on the whole I did that I sold that out I sold out an entire Edinburgh Fringe run as a virtual nobody and that felt bloody amazing because that was the strength of the show selling it out that was people talking and word-of-mouth and people were buying tickets that was me getting good reviews and I was getting good reviews yes me PR got the review as in but I had the show that got the five stars and got the four stars and got the good reviews that then people were reading going oh this is a good show And I have never felt so proud of something. It was very overwhelming. I cried on my last show in front of my entire audience because I was just so overwhelmed at everything. Like, totally overwhelmed. And I don't know if I'll ever be as proud of anything ever again. Like, my first child is going to have to be pretty spectacular if I'm going to be more proud of that than I am. My Edinburgh show, definitely.
2: (laughs) Are you any happier?
1: I am so much happier. I was so miserable until... I want to say from September right through until about May, May, June time, I was really, really miserable and lonely and just sad and then I started to, like I put everything in at my Edinburgh show and I was like, had the total faith that it was good and then I would have a bad preview and I'd be like, this is awful, this is shit, like I'm, I'm putting everything into this and it's going to go awful and then I went to Edinburgh and it, everything bothers back down to Edinburgh, but it did just the way it went and how quickly it blew up and I know that yeah, these people being like, like there's no such thing as an overnight success, but my show went mental overnight. It really, really did, and it was amazing and it gave me the faith that I'm doing the right thing, that moving to London was the right thing, that comedically I'm on the right lines, like I'm doing the the right thing. This is the right style for me. I've got the right yeah, like I said before, I'm finding my voice and yeah and then I came back I was excited to come back to London because I was like oh, there's going to be so many opportunities for us now which there is I'm in a nicer house um which is the one I moved into in January I live with comics which is nice um I met a boy which totally doesn't have anything to do with how happy I am not at all definitely not I'm not a fanny I'm totally a fanny <laughs> but yeah I'm so much happier in myself and I think it is because one Edinburgh paid off and two I'm just allowing myself to be happier I think I'm very hard on myself and especially in the build-up to Edinburgh I was very hard on myself I didn't know how things were going to go I didn't know if I was doing the right thing which I think is very stressful but I've definitely allowed myself to be and another thing I think was a great thing was walking out of my day job quitting my day job like that was causing me a lot of stress and made me very unhappy I felt like I wasn't maybe appreciated or respected at work and that's very hard when you do a job like comedy where I feel relatively respected and like I'm good at what I'm doing and if you do a good job you are praised for it whereas at work if I did a good job it wouldn't get mentioned but the second I made a mistake they would come down on it and I was already coming into work stressed and tired so I was really stressed um, and I kind of like sat myself down and I was like, look Lauren, what's making you so unhappy? What's stressing you out? And partly it was that I was unhappy in the relationship and secondly it was that my day job was making me miserable so I took a bit of a risk and I was like, right, you need to end the relationship. It might make you sadder for a little bit but ultimately it's going to make you happier and you need to get out of that day job. Financially it's going to be harder but again you've got to prioritise your mental health and how happy you are and for maybe six or eight weeks after it was still tough and then things just started to level out and balance out leaving the day job meant I had time to focus on Edinburgh and to focus on my comedy to get out of the house more and to see London to go on dates to meet people so that was a bonus and then obviously I think maybe a lot of the sadness and stress was coming from being in a relationship I wasn't happy with so getting rid of that allowed us to cheer up but yeah I think it is if anyone's listening and is really really stressed I think I would totally recommend just trying to pinpoint exactly what it is and dealing with those things directly. And that's what I did. And it was a bit of a gamble. Like, well, not leaving my relationship, but leaving my job was a massive gamble. But it paid off in dividends. And I think if I hadn't have done those two things prior to Edinburgh, I wouldn't have had as good an Edinburgh. But I am so much happier. <laughs>
2: If you could go back in time and travel back a year to when you're sitting recording these questions is there anything different you would have liked to ask or maybe anything that you that you wished you hadn't asked because it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I think I
1: covered it pretty well I think I definitely asked myself a few leading questions the thing about the relationship and the thing about being happy and I think that's because deep down last year I knew my relationship wasn't going to last and I wasn't happy so I think I maybe asked those Very leading questions to see what position I'd be in in a year's time. But I'm pleased I asked them because in both terms they're positive outcomes. I'm very happy. Yeah, I think I covered it quite good. Good good work past Lauren. Good, good questions. Just terrible bake-off presenting guessing skills. And go for a fucking run.
0: (laughs) That was Lauren. I'd love to say that I called this a year ago. I'd love to say, oh, I knew she was going to win or get nominated. And I'm sure loads of podcasts who have had on guests who, you know, just before The Fringe who got nominated go, ah, oh, I called it. ah, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I didn't know it. I hadn't seen the show. Uh, I just know she's really hardworking. And so I called it on the sense that she is someone I know works hard. But that's not something I'm going to take credit for. I'm just very happy that she's had a great year and her attitude and making her life work for herself is inspiring. I really like that. I really like the attitude of someone that goes out there and seeks their dream and tries to pursue it in a very real and tangible and a measurable way. I loved hearing from someone who got nominated who still feels like they've not had a break, who, who, I think we all see something big like an award or a competition win as a as an end point like a like a sort of stamp of approval like that's done whereas in reality I've always kind of seen these things as a starting point at best and I feel like that's something that she's just understanding as a result of getting nominated for something yeah i I loved it I really enjoyed this one it is a gr- it's a pleasure to put together if you're new here please do hit the subscribe button because I do these every month on the second and fourth Fridays if you're old here I, again I say old we're episode 3m but if you've been enjoying the last few few episodes please do give the show an honest review in itunes they really help out the show and give it a level of social proof that is helpful and it also gets us up the charts which helps me get more guests on that are higher profiling or interesting so you're helping yourself out if you're enjoying the show and you want it to continue also please do consider joining the facebook group it's called the audio time capsule and it's on facebook obviously all the links are in the show notes please join it because I'm actually working on some behind the scenes content for the Facebook group and also ways that you can suggest future guests and all sorts of things like that so I'm building I'm building the community in there I'm also going to start from this podcast onwards leaving one question or leaving a question relating to the questions that the guests left for you to answer in the group for us to have chats about so with this one I'd like to know that if you did go to the Edinburgh Festival what was the best thing you saw and why who was it by what do you remember of it what was the story you took away from it if you didn't go to edinburgh what is the best show or performer of any genre you've seen this year i'd love to get a conversation going in there about that and get some recommendations for some people that potentially could come on potentially some interesting different guests so do leave a comment underneath this post and tell us all what you've been enjoying and why that's all for now thank you very much for listening thank you very much for subscribing and thank you very much for rating and donating if you do i'll see you all in about 14 days time